When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, um, and the rest of the Steelers front office, including Art Rooney II, um, is able to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. And hey, the roster in the you know in 2022, at least for the NFL season 2022, um, the Steelers continue undefeated, uh, undefeated. Um, in preseason, and now, you know, we managed to get up against the Bengals 23-20. A uh, bit of a heart stopper there. Crazy game. Uh, and, you know, I'm just glad that they've got the win. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Obviously, there's the TJ Watt injury. Uh, that creates challenges for the Steelers, um, given that, you know, we didn't necessarily bring anyone through the draft process. Um, but, you know, we did make the trade with Molly Creed. So that's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers um, you know, we're able to bring him into the mix. Being straight, I'm still trying to wait, work my way through the All-22 film, so I'd hoped I could have watched that by today, uh, but still working my way through that. And, and I think, really, the Steelers fans, let's be honest, we, if this game was held a little bit deeper in the season as the offensive line of the Bengals gelled, would we come out with a win? Who knows? But equally, our offensive line needed to gel um, you know, Mitch Trubisky's 194 yards for 21 um, completed passing attempts with an average of 5.1 is just like they're rushing numbers, not not passing numbers. Uh, so, you know, that's it just it is what it is. It's probably not a surprise. Uh, you've probably heard it from a million different podcasts and articles and everything else if you're a keen Steelers fan. And 
you know, it's just going to have to get better in the future weeks. You know, we can't rely on the defense with five turnovers, um, you know, to, to be able to pull it home for the team. But the exciting thing is, is that this week's show is the first in-season show, which means this show moves to a rookie report and college prospects. I'll be doing both of those this week. Um, it is always hard, particularly uh, to, to do this early on in the season. Uh, listeners that listened to me last year know that once we sort of got four to six weeks into the season, this rookie report got a lot better because you saw more snaps um, from rookies as they you know, became acclimated to the NFL. You see, guys, uh, there's injuries that force rookies into lineups. Uh, there's more than they're even taking roles on special teams, and that becomes really exciting uh, because that way allows us to flesh out the report. But as a reminder for everyone, basically what I do in this show is I'll look at how the Steelers rookies performed in the week before and what that might mean for the week ahead. I'll look at what the opposing team's rookies uh, did in the week before. Uh, and so this week it's the Patriots we'll be looking at, not focusing on what the Bengals rookies did, but the Patriots. Um, and then I also try and do a bit of a profile on a draft prospect. So let's kick it off with the home team. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, as I said, came away with the win. We only had three rookies uh, that played in this game from a snap perspective. Uh, so, well, I meant that they played in this game. And I think for some still fans, you might be sitting there a little bit disappointed. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, Kenny Pickett isn't is going to be in there. We know Calvin Austin's on IR. Uh, Mark Robinson's still working his way into the lineup. So, I mean, that's just the reality of where it sits right now. Um, there, and you know, we'll see, we'll see that change probably. And even with TJ Watt out, maybe that changes, maybe it does get Mark Robinson a hat. Uh, who knows from that perspective? Uh, Jeffrey Benedict also wrote a really nice snap article that he does each week. I again watched it, uh, again watched it. I, <laughs> I read it again, um, as, uh, as I do in season. Uh, and, and I really like that article. It's really helpful. Um, it does come out before we do this show, but obviously I'm focused on the rookies. Uh, but he talked a lot about how it shows a specific game plan. Um, and, and I can only expect that will continue. But the, the, what I think you need to take away from that article and a lot of when I talk about these three Steelers rookies that played in this game is it is week one. They are going to have a smaller amount of snaps. They will get more snaps. What you saw in week one is not what you were going to see in week 10. Uh, you know, so you just got to sort of keep that in perspective going forward because you're rarely going to have every rookie, you know, be playing in week one very, very rarely, let alone like three or four. And think about it. We drafted a, a quarterback round one who you ideally want to sit anyway. Um, so that's just, that's just where it is. But let's kick it off with DeMarvin Leal. So DeMarvin Leal uh, did play in this game 17% of the defensive snaps with 17 snaps. Um, special teams, he played two snaps for 6%. He had one as combined tackle. Uh, so, you know, and, and look, I thought from what I've been able to go back and watch the All-22 so far, you know, he, do, he, he did play pretty well. I see he's going to have to get more options. Um, and maybe with TJ Watt out as well, maybe they look to shift a few things around in terms of how they're put, creating pass rush, you know, whether they're playing more in the nickel even and, and getting these guys bigger on the edge. And that's what I'm interested to see now with TJ Watt out for six weeks, how they get creative on what they can do. Uh, but I expect from this week onwards, or particularly with the, the way the Patriots are going to play um, or against the Browns when Chubb's playing a lot, we're going to see DeMarvin Leal now crank it up. Definitely in terms of defensive snaps. I'd be surprised if he's not playing 
25 to 30% at least at some stage over the next two weeks. And so that's exciting for DeMarvin Leal. I think he's going to be a really good pickup for us. I think we're going to look back in the future and think what a steal he is. Um, and, you know, it, it, sitting behind Ogum Joby, he's not forced to, or Lario, he's not forced to do anything crazy right now. He's a third round draft pick. He's not expected to be, you know, a game difference maker, um, you know, in, in week one of the season. That's just unrealistic. You know, George Pickens, George Malik Pickens Jr. Uh, now, one reception from three targets for three yards, 33% catch rate, one target, um, 71% of the offensive snaps he played. I don't know what to think of this, but then it's kind of hard because you go back to Mitch Trubisky and you go back to 100 and 194 yards, and then you think about receiving and you think about Pat Freemuth, five receptions in over, you know, for 75 yards, average of 15 in overtime. I think until midway to the fourth quarter when I looked at some of the stat breakdowns, I think he only had like two passes for like 30 or 40 yards or something. Dante Johnson was only seven receptions for 55 yards. Gentry was two for 40. Claypool's four for 18. Um, it's hard to say. Again, if I'd worked my way through all 22, what I, one of the things I was looking for as I was working through is, is he at least attracting um, defensive attention and is that opening up people? Potentially already. Potentially already. Uh, I would expect that Steelers will look at how he can stretch that Patriots team. But someone like Pickens, he's a guy you want in the, you know, he's a guy that you want in, if you're going trench warfare. Um, he's a guy you, you go into war with, as I said there. And so, you know, I'm even looking forward more even to the Cleveland Browns, what he might be able to do. But hopefully the Steelers can land a few more targets, work him open, get him the ball more, and we build up from there. It's just hard to look at a guy that averaged over 14 yards a season in college. And and I know it's a different, a different game, but to get one one reception for three yards, it's, it's sort of a hard one to to sort of piece together. And then, of course, we had Jalen Warren, um, obviously filled in there for Najee, ha- Najee Harris, uh, who was who's injured with that foot. Supposedly coming back this week against the Patriots. Don't know if I'm a fan of that. Uh, I did say in the BDC Slack channel that did we want to, particularly with what Claypool did in the rushing game, do we want to look and, you know, I know we've seen that, but does it make sense to rest him and then have him ready to go in a game where you're going to need to be able to run the ball against Cleveland? Give the O lines, you know, be able to just do run blocking, be able to hold a lead if you can, and and counter the fact that the, that Cleveland can run the ball. Um, you know, get not not have Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky having to you know run away from Garrett um, as much. And so we'll see what happens with that with Jalen Warren. We'll see how banged up Najee Najee is or isn't. Uh, it goes back to that Mike Tomlin, I want a bell cow. So if Najee's either going to be good to go or he's not, uh, I, I don't know whether, he, you know, we could be risking an, a full season injury at this point, but still is no best. Uh, they know what's going on. But yeah, so if we look at Jalen Warren, uh, he had three rushes for seven yards, a long of three on the day, yards before contact, four yards um after contact per rush was an average of one he had one target no reception um but he was five yards behind the line of scrimmage he had one drop i mean there's not a lot there i mean he did play 37 percent of the offensive snaps which is more than i think a lot of us would have thought he would have played other than if Najee got injured um or was pulled out of the game for whatever reason uh and then you had 34 percent um special teams so you know that's where he's contributing that's where he's making his name i'm excited for him 
I think I'm not going to go into Tomlin's analogy or metaphor that he used to describe what Jalen Warren did, but I'm excited. And then the O-line's got to gel. The O-line's got to create holes. It doesn't matter who you got back there. If the O-line's going backwards or, you know, there's no holes to run through. The running back's just not going to do anything, whether it's Benny Snail, Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarland, um, obviously on the practice squad, or, or Najee Harris. Um, so that that's kind of just where it sits, and, and we'll see how it goes um, in terms of that. For fantasy, according to profile reference and their fantasy um, scores, he had one fan um, fantasy point from the 65th, the 65th ranked running back at the position. Um, that's, I think that's a different measurement, though, to what some of us in the BTSC um, fantasy um, a league run by Andrew Wilbar. I think that there's different points to that um, just for those people that are part of that league or doing fantasy through NFL.com. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a break on this week's Steelers War Room. Join me for part two. We're going to look at the Patriots rookies that might be that and what particularly based on who played last week. Um, and then we're going to do a draft profile into a center prospect uh, that I liked going into the season, but I do have a couple of concerns about, but it's, it, you know, and he's playing on a team that's uh, had an interesting start to the season towards what people thought they might. So stay tuned for all of that in part two. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, uh, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, and the rest of the Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that is 1-0 going into their second game against New England, the New England Patriots this weekend. Uh, And I'm glad I got through that without saying Kevin Colbert feel like I'm starting to win that battle, uh, but excited to talk through some of the, well, I mean, I'd rather be talking to Steelers players, but excited to do a bit of a preview into what sort of the rookies did last week for New England, what that might mean for this week. Uh, and then we'll, of course, do the draft profile for this center prospect um, that is playing for a very well-known team that's had an interesting start to the season. So New England, they lost 7-20-7 to the Miami Dolphins. Um, they were playing away. Mac Jones, 21 for 30, 213 yards. Kind of similar Mitch Trubisky numbers there, but he had an average of 7.1. Um, two sacks for 20 yards, rating of 87.2 versus Trubisky, 78. Uh, they had no one break 50, 50 rushing yards on the day. Damian Harris had 48. Ramonde, Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson had 3.1. Jacoby Myers had 55 yards in my fantasy on my bench. Probably, you know, might have started him given that Keenan Allen didn't get much. He was questionable. That's for me on the fantasy side. Kendrick Bourne had one reception for 41 yards. Johnny Smith, three for 33, um, actually performing this season versus last year. Aguahor had three receptions for 28. Hunter Henry, two for 20. 
geez, Hunter killed me in fantasy, but I'm not going to get rid of him yet because I know how much Mac Jones likes throwing to him. Uh, Ty Montgomery, three for 15. Damien Harris, two for 10. Devontae Parker, one for nine. Ramondo Stevenson, two for two. Um, so that shows you a little bit about their offensive side. It's They got a late yardage, but they literally scored seven points. <laughs> so not that great, really. Uh, and then when I think about it from on the, on the side of Miami, Javon Holland, uh, again, a guy that I really liked going into last year's draft and a guy that I, I tipped to be the first safety taken on day two, and he got it. Um, so I want to be bet there. But he had the one interception on the day. So, you know, props off to him. Those turn that turnover battles really important. Uh, it, it really limited Mac Jones's numbers, probably put him into his box a little bit as well, uh, which is pretty helpful. So, yeah, I didn't, the Patriots are a team looking to bounce back. And I look, I think for those that love defense, that's what this coming week's going to be. I mean, should you see the Brian Flores effect too and what insights he can give them about the Patriots? Um, but it is a bit of a different Patriots team. It's not Tom Brady. It's different. It's, you know, you're scheming against different things. Um, but they're kind of similar teams where you've got some tight ends that can do a few things. You've got some players makers on the outside. You'd probably say the Steelers have better, um, have a better running back who fit in Najee Harris and probably have better wide receiver weapons. But Scheming wise, you know, it, 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 this is hard because we don't know what that Patriots offense looks like. And we, it was all those jokes about who's actually being the play caller in the offseason. And then we've had the storyline of, you know, what is the Matt Canada offense? So it's going to be really interesting for us as Steelers fans, um, seeing how they match up against the Patriots in this regard this weekend. So, New England, um, as a reminder, they had a pretty fairly large rookie class and and when these rookies are listed um it does include two guys in uh joshua bledslow and ronnie perkins um if you look this up on pro football reference but who were drafted in 2021 that didn't play um but they obviously drafted tyquan thornton in the second round that was before uh george pickens with pick number 50 he's on ir andrew stuber um non non-football related, I think it is, to that designation he's got there. Seventh round, 245th pick out of Michigan. Um, Bailey Zappi, quarterback, who had a few interesting storylines going into the draft. Uh, he was drafted in the fourth round. People were surprised he was picked that early, but he was. Um, they drafted Pierre Strong, the running back. Be surprised if he didn't make it. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if he made an entry this week. Um, I'd, if I were them, I'd be looking at changing something up. You had Cole Strange, who was that first-round pick at number 29 out of Chattanooga. Um, we'll talk about him in a moment. You had – they drafted Brendan Schroeder – Schooler. Sorry, Schroeder. I'm looking at that. Sam Roberts, the next guy. Um, then they had a Texas DB uh, rookie. He um, undrafted. Sam Roberts out of Northwestern Missouri State. Demarcus Mitchell out of Purdue. Marcus Jones – um, who was that cornerback they drafted in the third round with the 85th pick overall. Jack Jones, uh, defensive back out of USC, and he also played at Park College and Arizona State. He was a fourth-round pick as well. Chase and Hines was a guard drafted in the sixth round out of LSU. Uh, then we go into, yeah, Sean Bledsoe. So that's, that's the rookie class sitting on the New England Patriots roster. So let's go to our first player in Jack Jones, defensive back, five foot nine, 175 pounds. Um, he played 
18% of their defensive snaps for 11 snaps this last weekend um, against Miami. And he played no special team snaps. Stats from a stat-wise perspective, um, he was one target thrown his way. That was completed for 26 yards. So he did kind of get burnt, allowed a quarterback rating of 118 on the play. Depth of um, depth, average depth of target when he was targeted as a defender was 21 yards. Um, air yards 21, yak yards of five. Um, and he missed the tackle on it. That's the reality of it. That's, that's what happens. So, you know, this is a guy that if he's playing in there uh, against the Steelers and he's playing 20% of the snaps, you would see them target this guy uh, potentially um, as well because, you know, can they can they expose him? Uh, that would be, you know, really beneficial if the Steelers can do that. I'm um, just pulling up his number yeah he please jersey number is number 13 that's jack jones so we get a marcus jones the cornerback he's a defensive back five foot eight 185 pounds corner pro uh yeah pro football reference uh he played seven percent of the defensive snaps that's it um so kind of interesting he played less than uh, less than jack jones he had one um quarterback pressure uh that's really the only stat of note for him. So yeah, pretty light on. And this is one of the things that are on the show. We start to see this, these stats really build up, particularly once we've had a few AFC North games too. It gives me a bit more storylines. But anyway, that's where it sits. Uh one pressure from him, one hurry uh there. So you know, look at what they might be doing with him in that in that blitz um game and nickel blitzes and stuff like that. That's where you might see a bit from Marcus Jones, but you know, the Steelers are going to have to be face up to that and we should see how we handle um, those sorts of, you know, schematics from their defensive side of the football, um, you know, early in this game. And you got Demarcus Mitchell. Uh, now, he's six foot three defensive lineman, 260 pounds. Uh, he played 7% of the special team snaps. So, no real stat to talk you through there, but make it on special teams. That's how you make your way in. Whether this is a name that affects the Steelers, probably not. But if it was later in the season, maybe he maybe he might. Um, so kind of interesting perspective of where they're sort of sitting. And none of the, like, I think Ty, Tyquan Thornton's that name on that rookie list that I shared with you guys, uh, you know, a few minutes ago. He's that guy that you, you just, you you sort of think about as that weapon for them. But luckily, the Steelers don't have to worry about it this week. Then you have Brendan Schooler. He only played special teams. He played 53% of the special teams. Well, actually, there's another area on pro football reference that has him at 56%. So he either played 53 or 56%. Um, but they had said it, he said he played 10 snaps. So it's all special team anyway. Jury game when you when you lose 720. Um nothing, nothing really deeply we can say there. Uh, you know, undrafted guy, 601, 205 pounds. I would expect to see, we see more special teams from him if we see him at all against the Steelers. And he is jersey number 41. So then we've got Cole Strange, Cole Strange, a guy I liked in the draft as well. Like a guy I thought really, you know, the Steelers could look at as, you know, instead of having to go after um, uh, the center that was taken in the, in, the, in the first round as well, having a mental blank on him. Creed Humphrey was the previous year. Um, uh, it'll come. It'll come to me anyway. Uh, I don't want to Google it right now because then I'll lose. I'll lose my train of thought. But Kyle Strange was drafted a little bit early. People thought maybe end of the second, early the third. But no, New England shocked it. Um, even I think it was um, the Rams who had traded the pick away were shocked that he'd been picked 
that high. Uh, so it's kind of funny um, that, yeah, I mean, that's where he is. But the Patriots, you know, they just, they do do that from time to time. They do pick players that, you know, people don't expect. It's not that I didn't think he would start a capacity. It's just that would you would you spend that pick? Why wouldn't you sort of um, even consider trading, you know, Christian training back, um, you know, to to go after that? So, yeah, it's, uh, Ty Linderbaum, that was the guy who the Ravens got. Um, but, uh, yeah, so people were saying he was, you know, the, the distance isn't as big and people talk about Ty Linderbaum's short arms as well. Um, toward, as we got close to that draft, Cole Strange, much better there, but six foot six, 301 pounds. Anyway, this game against Miami, he played 86% of the offensive snaps, one special team snap for 5%. Um, he's jersey number 69, like Kevin Dotson. Um, so, yeah, I'd expect him to be playing a lot of the offensive snaps this week. And that offensive line, for as I said, is under pressure from the Patriots. And we really need them to really step – well, we don't really don't. We want them to create massive faults. But if you're a Patriots fan, you want them to step up um, and, and make some plays in this game. I'm hoping the Steelers can rip through them and take it and take advantage of getting some things right in this first week without TJ Watt and letting Malik Reed um, continue, you know, work his way in and get familiar with starting reps and allow Highsmith to continue his fantastic three sack start to the season. So with that, we move on to our first draft profile of the 2022. Um, season and then you know the offseason of 2023 um war room steals war btc steals war room campaign so the guy is jarrett patterson who's a center prospect out of notre dame he's their captain um has played a bit had a bit of been played by a bit of injury in the past um the first game he played in the season was this week's surprise loss to notre, notre dame had 26 21 to marshall um where he was pretty angry when he left the field and really summed it up um you know he was described the, the his coach described him after he was pretty angry after the game and said, you know, he's an ultimate competitor. When you're a competitive person, man, your emotions, when you lose, you lose can take control of you. I didn't see it, but I'm sure that's the case. And so I said to the guys in the locker room, that's when we need our leadership the most, right? When things are the toughest moments. So no matter if it's starting off zero and two, no matter where we go from here, when it matters most in those toughest and hardest moments, that's when your leadership has to come out. And so this won't be the last time Jarrett Patterson is in a situation where he's disappointed, but he's got to continue to understand that that's where you have to be a leader and you have to make sure that everyone's watching you for the good things you do. Same with me. Everyone watches how you act when things are going tough. When things are good, it's easy, man, when he, everyone's happy. It's easy to be a leader when things are going well. When things aren't going well, um, that's to me, that's not so well. That's to me when the character and leadership will show. Um, he's the Notre Dame fans seem to let him off a little bit. Um, he's just developing as a passionate guy. I, I don't mind it, but that that's the big noteworthy headline um, in the last week. That's literally in the last couple of days come out about him post that Marshall game that they really shouldn't have lost. So as a prospect, um, according to the draft network, he was originally recruited as an offensive tackle. He's the only returning starter from the 2020 Irish offensive line. Missed the 2020 um, uh, college football season due to a foot injury. They projected him as a starting center for this year. Um, this is by Kyle Krabs. He talked about a nice build. Um, he's a stout anchor than he is finesse. Um, he looks like he can hold his own in one-on-ones against a one-tech um, or yeah, one-tech or OT alignments and even on front odds without too much trouble. Um, 
actually, I want to say one tackle rather than I think they've got a typo. Uh, I consider him to be functional in space. He can get outside the tackle box on the screen game with modest agility. He's a former high prize OT recruit, but his length looks to keep him inside the center position with his next level projection. Patterson illustrated effective awareness up front for the Irish as he aged as the starting center, showing awareness of delayed blitzes, stunts, and games up front designed to pull blockers out of position. Cons. He's not hugely dynamic in space and can afford to clean up angles when looking to work against linebackers and pick up the critical block that will spring in big gain. Because of his athletic profile, he does not appear to have a great deal of margin for error in space and needs to further develop his understanding of his own limits. He's gotten outreach on a number of occasions and long-arm defenders will be able to offset his hands and force a stalemate in the middle. He has a number of instances of getting tangled in traffic and ending plays on the ground. An easy point of emphasis is keeping his feet and not overextending his base. So I'm a Jarrett Patterson fan, and I'll talk through some of his PF. Like I use PFF for grades for college. I'm a, as I said, fan going to season, and he's one of my top center prospects that I wanted to look at. But when you read the cons, you kind of get a bit of a Kendrick Green, like Dan Moore vibe. It's kind of a bit weird of hitting the deck all the time. But he's a guy that he's six foot four. Uh, they have him at 307 pounds. PFF have him at 310 pounds. He is a bigger body than those guys and has a bit more length. The big thing, though, that I'd love to know is what is that arm length size? The problem, I'm not going to get that till probably the second you bowl or the combine. <laughs> so that that's the ch- tough challenge. And that's why he's a prospect that where I think he's probably as high as some level after the mid to late rounds in the first round um, during the season before you know Notre Dame did poorly to start the season. Or is a guy, um, you know, that really you could see um, doing better, you know, doing, or sorry, doing worse than that and, and not being able to do, beat out and doing better than his team results and suddenly he's a second or he's a third round pick. I struggle to see him out of, out of the first round of day two, though. Um, so that being the second round. And I should correct myself earlier. I was talking a lot about Cam Jurgens is having the length against Ty Linderbaum, but Cold Strange can move around inside as well. Anyway, back to back to Jarrett Patterson. Um, so with Jarrett, if we look at him from a blocking grades um, perspective, he on the seat on his career, 2018, he had 16 offensive snaps. He had an offensive, um, so any so 14 of those are run block, two pass block. Uh, offensive pass block grade of 59, offensive grade of 59.4, pass block grade of 75.3, um, run block grade of 57.5. He then got better in his next year. So his offensive grade was a 73.9, and this is across 854 snaps. Um, run block grade of 73.2, pass block grade, pass block grade of 76.0. So you've seen like almost a 20 jump, jump you know, 20 point jump in improvement. Now, even if you don't like PFF numbers, um, that does help. That really does help. Then in 2020, um, he played 563 snaps before getting injured, uh, 282 run block, 281 pass block. So even though he only played that 500, it's almost an equal split, which is kind of pretty cool. Um, and so, whereas every other year he's had one where it's favored one or the other. So this is one snap difference, 81 offensive grade, 82 run block, 72.1 pass block. So that's kind of an interesting one where we talked about big gains with the with Kyle Krabs's evaluation. It's only one person evaluation because there's other people that have to do the evaluations. But you know, this is just what I was able to get in prep for today's show. 
In 2021, though, when he played 918 snaps, um, and so that was 392 on run blocking, 526 pass blocking. He had 79.7 as, as his offensive grade. Run block, 82.7. Pass block, 85.4. So he really improved there. Um, and then this year so far, he's got an offensive grade of 57.5. Um, run block grade of 62.2. Uh, pass block grade of 50.5. So there are a lot of like PFF grades, but basically as you can see, He's only played really one game this year anyway, where he, you know he's only played 81 snaps. But up until that, he was improving steadily in a lot of different areas. Um, I kind of find 2021 funny because his offensive grade is lower than 2020, but his pass block and run block grades are both higher. And his pass block grade is like almost 20% higher. But that's PFF. Um, perhaps he took a pass or something. But interestingly, Jarrett Patterson, he is yet to allow a sack in his college career, according to PFF. Now, we know they don't record half sacks, but that's what it is. He's only allowed five quarterback hits, uh, 24 pre- hurries, quarterback hurries, and 29 pressures. Um, so he's, effic- he's got an efficiency rate in pass blocking of 98.9. Pretty incredible. Uh, he's only had 19 penalties as well against him. He's lined up 16 times at left tackle. That was in 2018. 81 times at left guard, which is what he lined up this weekend as well, which is kind of interesting, I think. Um, and otherwise, he's always lined up at center for his other. And so in 2020, 2021, 2019, center was the only positions he's lined up at. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how he continues to progress through the college football season, how Notre Dame go. And is he going to be tried out more at, at guard as well um, so that he can as he started at guard this week so that he can improve. Is he, are they doing that so that he can prove his drafts, not just to improve his draft stock, but, but so that that benefits the team or is it, he wants to move there or is it that, yeah, it just benefits the team. He'll move back to center. It's kind of interesting when we think about what went on with Kendrick green um, at Illinois. So yeah, if you're a, you know, a fan of the fighting Irish, you're a team that um, is playing Notre Dame, look out for Jarrett Patterson, number 55. He's their captain, uh, and I hope that he does well. And, and he's someone that's definitely on my board, particularly if he happens to be there on day two in next year's draft. But look, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. And hey, I'm just excited to kick off uh, talking about one of the first college players um, for, that we're previewing for this upcoming season. And so with that, that's going to wrap up this week's Steelers War Room. I'm your host as always, Matty Peverell. And as always, go Steelers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.